Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. You're telling me you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today's episode, we are doing Angel Season 2, Episode 1, Judgment. Judgment, as in, I am passing judgment on your ginger ale with Angel. I haven't had any ginger beer in like... Four days. I, I think I'm. I think I'm hooked on this stuff, man. <laughs> four days was a hard. Four days. It's good shit. Mm-hmm. Tastes a hell of a lot better than that sugar-free Gatorade mixer drink shit you gave me. Oh, you don't like it? Yeah, no, it was gross. How do you drink that shit? I love it. You just like gross stuff. Well, maybe he's a very gross man. I don't know that I'd go that far. That seems kind of rude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very rude man. You are. <laughs> well, first order of business, why don't we give a grand old shout out to all of our executive doodle-doos. <laughs> We've got Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Patrick J.F., Hilly Hilfman, Scarlett Choi, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, Kefro Gnome, which we've only just recently learned, is also everybody's favorite River Crystal Sam. Yes. Father DeFinistrato, Mathewan Dibber, Kelly McAdams. I'm sorry, Mathewan. I'm probably horrifically massacring your name. Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, and Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Yes. That's all of our executive doodle-doos and or producers. Yeah, I would... <sighs> what well by calling them doodle doos and then the the immense frequency at which you say fuck a doodle do <laughs> i like we're crossing wires here and it's, and it's indicative of bad things yeah i'm fairly certain that's why they listen to us <laughs> for all of my highly inappropriate humor I think they listen to us for some other reasons. And for you to pass judgment on me <laughs> for all of my highly inappropriate humor. I do pass judgment on you a lot. Yeah. You deserve it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad widow puppy. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like somebody needs to punish me. Oh, we are not going down that road. <laughs> <laughs> why, why you gotta take it to a sexy place, Rex? I didn't! You always blame me, and didn't it's you? almost always your fault. I, I see nothing sexy about punishment. I just know that you do. Oh, so <laughs> thought I'd go ahead and make that as thoroughly uh, uncomfortable as possible. Uh, you disturb me sometimes. Excellent. <laughs> uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought our mission was to review an episode of Angel. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, hey guys, if you don't have the money or if you just don't want to have the money to be one of our Patreon doodle doos. <laughs> we need to we need to add a tier for that. <laughs> the doodle-doo tier. All the one dollars, you're now doodle-doos. <laughs> If you want to get away from being a doodle-doo, you have to do five or more. <laughs> but if, so if, you, <laughs> if you don't want to be a Patreon supporter, if you just want to support us for free, guess what? There's a great way you can do that that we appreciate just as much. Review us on iTunes. For the love of God, we're not kidding. We'll even mail you free shit. We've pretty much decided that we're just going to do stickers at this point. But yeah... Just bear in mind, we are not above bribing you for your love. No. <laughs> One five-star iTunes review. Prove to us that you sent it with a screenshot in an email. And you got it. Bam. And guess what? This applies to all existing iTunes reviews. All you have to do is redeem it with that email. Same exact process. Free shit. Like, whoa. Whoa. Oh, and also, by the time this episode comes out, we will have a second choice for stickers. Oh, because I will have I will have finished the Ale with Angel logo, the twin to the Beer with Buffy logo. So when you submit your email, you can choose whether you'd like to have the Beer with Buffy sticker or the Ale with Angel sticker. Hey, guess what time it is, Rex? Let me check the agenda. <laughs> now, fuck the agenda. Just just guess. <laughs> fuck it like it's a doodle do. See that agenda? Is it is it Break time? <laughs> Is it time for some bad wine? <laughs> it may or may not be time for some bad wine. It's time for bad wine tasting with bad wine. <laughs> and Josh, fuck a doodle do. Or rather, in this case, we're going to fuck a duck. <laughs> there is, in fact, a duck I'm, in that bottle. Well, I'm drinking today. I'm drinking decoy, a Pinot Noir. Because I, we chatted about Pinot Noir one or two episodes ago. Yeah, I don't this remember it all. is by Buckhorn... Duckhorn portfolio, vintage 2019, and I literally bought it because there was a duck on the label. So rather than calling this bad wine, we should call it foul wine? <laughs> you, you go into the bad corner and you stay there. God damn it. Oh dear. Yeah, you, uh. That's a mess of foil there. <laughs> yeah, you might want to. You know, I might, that. I might need to just start opening these before the episode. Like, I was going to say, maybe you should start opening them the proper way. That's just silly. <laughs> Why aren't you in your bad corner yet? It's my apartment and I don't have to do what you say. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, sure, that's the real reason. What's the funny reason? I don't want to. Eh, we'll work on it. Or how about this? You're not my real dad! There it is. <laughs> All right. You can't tell me what to do. Drink your bad wine. I'd like that very much, son. I, I would. <laughs> well, so far, Decoy is not disappointing me on uh, bad wine tasting with bad wine. Because I'm uh, getting a whiff of its aroma here. See, I'm learning. I'm not even looking at the terms list yet. Ooh. Ooh. He said aroma. <laughs> and uh, it uh, it does not smell good. Does it smell foul? <laughs> You're just going to ride that one all the way home, aren't you? It's too good. 
Oh, jeez. It's got a fucking foul on the bottle. <laughs> I know it does. They're just screaming, hey, this is going to be bad wine. Man. Oh, this pisses me off. I paid an extra $10 for this because I forgot to swipe my discount card. Um, That'll fucking teach you. You know, I'm hoping that it just opens up. That's why I was saying I might need to open the bottle sooner to give it, it a chance. Breathe. Give it a chance to breathe instead of opening it right <laughs> as we do the recording. Based on this aroma or the bouquet, if you will. Yeah. I think it's going to make me sick to my stomach to drink this wine. <laughs> you want get a whiff of this. It smells sour and bitter, and I normally like sour. That does not smell like good wine. It does not like, smell good at all. Granted, so, I don't like wine, but like there's often times where wine at least smells good. Right? And that that does not smell great. Maybe it's just because I'm used to Cabernet Sauvignons. I wanted to branch out a little bit here. So this is a darker wine. I don't know enough about wine to know. You know, just giving it a little swirl has already made it slightly less terrifying. All right. Well, just fucking taste the goddamn wine. This is bad wine tasting, not bad wine smelling. That's part of the experience. <laughs> oh, you know what? Ooh, that's not bad. There it is. Bad wine tasting <laughs> with bad wine. <laughs> it's hey. not bad. <laughs> The bad smell was a decoy. <laughs> oh my god, they pulled it together. No, it actually had a much brighter note to it on the on the front and uh Oh great, you're actually starting to fucking understand what you're doing. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. <laughs> What'd you call that? Like this the sour is there, but it's in a non offensive way. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I just I don't know what to do with this list anymore. I mean, I've found... There we, I'm going to pick one. Elegant. It is a little bit elegant. Subtle flavors that are in balance. Yes, this definitely feels balanced. It doesn't have a lot of the tannin-y feeling to it, so it's not super dry. It's a little on the sweeter end, but not too sweet. It, it smelled like it would be super tannin-y, though. It's, and surprisingly, it's not. Kind of rich. Yeah, Starts a little fruity, and then it gets a little uh, a little more earthy. Kind of tart, but not too tart. But yeah, decoy. It's the perfect name. You solved the riddle. It smells bad so that you won't drink it, but uh, uh, you can't fool me. I'm going to drink you anyway. Quack. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. That's a duck. We got a show to get on with. <laughs> if you say so. I do say so. If you do say so yourself. And I do. And he did. Yes. He does. He doodle did. Oh, God. <laughs> do you doodle do? Are, are you going to turn into a cartoon character where you just basically keep saying one thing and just turning it into all the different things you could say with it. <laughs> I have no plans to do that whatsoever. <laughs> also, have you been reading my diary? I didn't know you kept the diary. Shit. <laughs> well, stop mind reading my diary? I don't know. What's next, Rex? I think it's time for one parental synopsis. Oh, thank God. Or, I mean, oh, that asshole. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Joshua, I hear it's time for me. So, uh, what are you doing, boy? Oh, just house shopping. Can't stay here and do business at your place forever, you know. <laughs> business? 
The hell kind of business you doing out of my house? Well, you know, a little of this, a little of that, and a whole lot of none of yours! Ah, <laughs> I see what you did there. Well, you're gonna see what I did there when I threatened to beat me. How original, Dad. Now, if you'll excuse me, it's karaoke night. <laughs> I'm gonna have to exercise those demons out of you one day, boy. Not if my demons exercise you first. Because today on Angel, Angel gets a lot of exercise. And not at the gym where he fantasizes about some nice steaming saunas and fresh towels. But running around like a chicken with his head cut off and tripping over himself trying to help a woman whose protector demon he mistakenly murdered. <laughs> Gunn helps him track down the demon's lair, which leads him to a talisman, information about the tribunal, and the runaway pregnant woman whose name we never learn. Then, Angel uses the gang's favorite new hangout, an underground bar called Caritas, and sings for the local empath demon, who then gives him a psychic reading, revealing the location of the court hearing where he must go to be this woman's champion to save her life in a battle to the death. He wins, and he probably learns a lesson or two about broodiness or something. The end. Okay, we're done. Let's let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> Edgar, get the car started. Oh, oh God. You're, you're too high? Yeah. There's a surprise. Edgar has had way too much catnip to drive. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Okay, so we actually open on Caritas and Lorne singing. Lorne! I fucking love this man. Yeah. He's a great character. He's fabulous. Um, he he's he's singing, but he's singing the in a very lounge singer sort of way. He's such a lounge lizard. Yeah, and he's green. But you know, he makes lounge lizards likable. Yes. Yeah. He's singing "I Will Survive," and he's kind of going through a monologue about the dangerous, chaotic city that is L.A. Well, and I that think they, they were, all love it. They were trying to give us kind of a very slight false intro to Lorne, as if he were going to be some ominous bad guy, and but they waited all of like 1.37 seconds before subverting our expectations to yeah. exactly the opposite, as he sings this gorgeous rendition of "I Will Survive." In the middle of which, he seemingly ad-libs this nice little blurb about how wonderful L.A. is and also how dark and fucked up it is. And how it's yep. got everything. And he ties it in with the song and all that jazz. Yeah. It's quite good, actually. It is. Although, I'm a little disappointed because he's not quite as good of a singer as I would have hoped. Like, he's not he's, bad. I think he's fantastic. Maybe he's just not singing in a way that works for me. He's, he's not a belter, but... But he's got style. He does have style. He yeah. does have style. So from the, the little Lorne singing intro, then we cut to Cordy at an audition. Uh, I think it was actually for a play and not film or TV. I got the impression that this was not an audition. In fact, this was a rehearsal for a role that she already had. That's, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It because does have more of that feel. They stopped and they were working with her. And then she left like it was no big deal. They knew her name. It wasn't a cattle call. Yeah. A cattle that's if fair. that were an audition, they'd have been like, 
next. <laughs> Don't call us. We'll call you. No, she's actually doing really well. Like, I think she must have taken some acting lessons, you know, in the off season of the show. She's doing halfway decent with um, this. Because um, she, she even improvises slapping the other actor. His reaction is priceless. That's not in the script. You can't do that. <laughs> the director of the show is like, oh, you're doing so good. You're really embodying this character. And the, <laughs> it goes back to the other actor. He's like, hey, where does it say that she hits me? <laughs> <laughs> but she ends up getting a 911 page and has to bolt out immediately. Like she has a pager on her belt. Like, you know, the defunct electronic device that nobody has anymore except doctors uh excuse me i use one at work and security guards at places that are out of date no it's part of the pendant system that i monitor uh yeah yeah this fucking director though she was like oh great stuff cordelia oh you're just really getting inside this character and just wiggling around until you've <laughs> eaten all of its fruity pebbles and i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa wait what she actually already has the part bullshit but it, then it doesn't matter because her pager goes off and she's like, oh, sorry, got to go. And the director at this point somehow doesn't fire her on the spot. It's a, I, there's no scenario. Well, I'll give you a scenario in just a moment. But otherwise, <laughs> other than the scenario I'm about to give you, there is no scenario where you walk out of a rehearsal and keep your job. There's one time. Okay, I'm about to give you two scenarios where you walk out of <laughs> rehearsal and keep your job. And I've done both of them. One of them, I got a phone call, and it was, hey, your dad's dead. Oh. That's a good reason to leave. Guess what? I'm leaving rehearsal now. And they nearly had to recast my role because I had to go grieve for a week. Yeah. And then have awkward conversations with my teachers who didn't believe me. Oh, I almost punched a few people. Oh, anyway, I can imagine. scenario number two, I showed the stage manager a text from my girlfriend who was currently uh, talking about committing suicide. And even that one was iffy. Ugh. I almost shouldn't have left rehearsal for that one, but I did because, you know, I didn't want to risk it. Yeah, that's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go into that subject, yeah. but that is not something that you just kind of be like, eh. But just to give you an idea of theater culture and how fucking extreme it has to be that you get to leave a rehearsal early. Like, are you vomiting everywhere? Is it a global pandemic and you're sick or something? I don't know. But, oh, I got a page, got to run. Are you a doctor? I didn't think so. Maybe she lied and told him that she was a doctor. <laughs> I'm sure they believe that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, cut back to... Uh, from there, we cut to a bar. And I actually kind of suspect that this is the same bar that Wesley was in the last time we saw him throwing darts. It looked like it. Um, it was definitely but, the same bar set. Yes. <laughs> uh, Wesley's hustling some dudes at darts. Like he does. Yep. And gets three in the triple 20, um, which, by the way, if you don't know darts, the spot that he hits all three darts is more points than, than bullseyes. Than the bullseye. Yeah. By 10 points. Anyway, the point is, Wesley's being a badass. Like, legitimately. There's a woman off to the side who's basically eye-fucking him. Not particularly subtly. No. Boy! If there's anything that happens in this episode that truly makes it feel like fiction, <laughs> this 
over the demons. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, the demons are more believable than this. Because nobody does this. I nobody wanted, does this. I wanted Wesley to look over at her and be like, my eyes are up here, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to, like, walk over to her and then, you know, completely fuck it all up with being himself. Oh, that would have been hilarious, too. <laughs> Excuse me. So, uh, do you eat cereal? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're trying to paint a picture here that the the team is at the top of their game sort of thing. That's, like, that's what that's, they're trying to portray, yeah. yeah. And so he's a badass, and he's like, oh, you know, guys, I'm sorry, it's a hard break, and but you can have a rematch. And then his pager goes off, and he's like, but it'll have to be another time. <laughs> he whips a dart that's supposed to hit the board, and we hear a guy off in the background go, ow! <laughs> he's like, oh, well. Oops. And then just... Them's the breaks, I suppose. Off. <laughs> off, off and away! <laughs> goes the British man. Those darts are like inch and a half, two inch fucking spikes, man. That would yeah, hurt. That would fucking. <laughs> that could literally murder you if it hits you in the right place. Yeah. Anyway, cut over to Duh, Jim. Yeah. Ah, uh, Jim. Ah, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Angel Cordelia and Wesley storm into a fitness gym and they Aaron Sorkin their way over to the mirror wall. <laughs> Uh, much, to the, much to the oh objection. Oh my god, that's a great <laughs> reference. Yeah, it's a verb now. He really does <laughs> like to write scenes where the group of people is walking and talking at the same time. That's like all he does. That's yeah. his main thing. So, uh, much to the objection of the poor bastard manager on duty, whom I assure you does not make enough money for this shit. No. No, um, he's he's trying to get him to that, to leave, and he's like, I'm going to have to call the police, but he freezes the moment he realizes that Angel doesn't have a reflection. <laughs> and I got to I gotta give major kudos to the cinematography of this scene, because they do the camera work fucking perfectly, because you see the, the mirrors in the background. Yeah, the special effects of getting a mirror to not show a reflection of somebody is probably more difficult than you might think. But so the attendant's like, I'm going to have to call the police and Angel's <laughs> so smooth and cheesy lines just coming out of his ass here. He's like, huh, no reflection. I'll fix that. <laughs> Kick. Kicks in the mirror, vamps out. Cheesy one liner number two, this time to the demons in there. Stop that. Yeah. And it's so just like, hey, don't. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Do you mind? Do <laughs> People are trying to exercise. <laughs> this isn't a place for that kind of exorcism, okay? <laughs> and so they all go apeshit. Yeah, and there's a fight and you know, Angel makes quick work of the demons. And my my quote from this scene though is after he kills the demons, he steps back out of the room and the the employee is like that guy has horns. I didn't see any horns, but go on. Angel just replies with, steroids, not good for you. Drugs are bad, I'm going. Yeah. See, they got a nice little <laughs> plug in there for that, for the war on drugs, too. All righty, kids. And, and, and they're off, and they're badasses. They fuck off into fuck off land. Opening sequence. Na, 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 na. Cordelia's apartment. <laughs> 
Okay, that was the correct amount of that. <laughs> don't tempt me. I will do more. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina. And I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Cordelia's apartment where uh, they have a fancy whiteboard. So fancy. You know they're professionals and badasses because they have a whiteboard. God damn it, we're so organized. (laughs) It's almost making me less broody. It's so satisfying. (laughs) But not in a sexy way. I don't know what to do about it. Anyway, so Cordelia and Wesley. Add one form. Just add one step of bureaucracy. There you go. Oh, there it is. All the broody you ever need. Just make sure there's a little misspelling in there somewhere. <laughs> That'll fuck it all right up. So yeah, Cordy and Wes are discussing the possible demon that uh, Wolfram and Hart had raised in the season finale. Demony stuff. Yeah. yeah. Angel's preoccupied with going to a gym. Makes it sound pretty nice, actually. Yeah, I I wish Jim I wish gyms were as good as he makes them sound. Yeah, he's like you know steam sauna fresh towels. How can you go wrong? I'm like, oh honey, <laughs> Cor- Cordy <laughs> nails it. Just looks over to him and says, "You shower with a lot of men." <laughs> yeah, fucking ain't getting none of that shit over at Planet Fitness. You lift your damn weights and you get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, here, you can shower if you want to. Come for the weights, stay for the fungus. <laughs> and if you want some old man balls flapping in your face. What is it? Is it just that <laughs> men who have reached a certain, a certain age are like, hey, I have managed to live this long, so you know what? I'm just going to walk around naked. I just letting it all breathe. And the right. <laughs> Take out. <laughs> oh, God. With these. Really? You needed to have that sound? No. No. Well, you know what my definition of balls flapping in my face is, Rex? Anything within a range of 20 feet away that I can visually see yeah. is flapping in my face technically but old men at the gym they're proud <laughs> they're proud and don't give a fuck yeah, probably i don't know i'm not a fan <laughs> i'm not a fan yeah people stripping down right next to you it's weird yeah, it is it i is don't weird. like it it's weird yeah it's like you're a stranger <laughs> stranger danger <laughs> but angel's response to showering with other men is i'll always be a loner <laughs> Without missing a beat. And then Cordy sneezes out of vision. Yeah. And Angel breaks one of her figurines, but it's a false alarm. She's like, Jesus, it's just a sneeze, you guys. And then she goes to sneeze again, and they're like, oh, well, it's just a sneeze and a vision. Oh, God. <laughs> and then she sees a demon and complains that they don't work out of Wesley's apartment instead because they're breaking all of her figurines. Yeah. And Angel says they're getting a new office soon or something. Cut over to the Gerba Snort Snort. Gerba Snort Snort, where uh, Lila's on the phone. Okay. Because she's talking about the to the other person about signing some contract or anything like that. Uh-huh. She says to him, something along the lines of, if, if you don't, we'll sue your ass off, then kill your children. Oh, just kidding, Donald. Nobody wants a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> she's only kidding about the lawsuit, not the killing of children. <laughs> 
Well, she wants a lawsuit. She's a lawyer. Right. Like, what lawyer doesn't want a lawsuit? Come on. Yeah. It's their job. <laughs> Literally their job. So she's casually making lawyery threats over the phone like it's second nature to her. Yep. Because it is. And she wanders into Lindsay's office. Well, not really a wandering so much as a sauntering. I don't know. She's yeah. purposefully pointing her body and <laughs> ambulating in the direction of Lindsay's office. And he's doing po- that fantastic thing where you you stick a foot out and you kind of fall forward and it until it hits the ground and then you stick the other foot out and fall forward. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable that that works. Thank Keanu. <laughs> I was going to say thank Darwin, but... What's Darwin got to do with it? He just discovered Keanu's work. (laughs) So (laughs) she walks into Lindsay's office and he's playing music for Darla. He's trying to open a CD case badly with his fake hand. And it's... Oh, I forgot that he had a hand cut off. But like he... It's hilarious to me how he's doing it. It really looks like a bad infomercial sort of circumstance. You know how in infomercials where they're like trying to show people do like daily things, but the people are just really bad at it. Do you have trouble making coffee? And there's some guy just throwing the fucking pot against the wall. Oh, this is so hard. Yes. But yeah, that's basically how Lindsay is using his prosthetic hand to try and open a CD. Remember the last time you tried to open up one of those stupid CDs? Dumb, outdated medium anyway, right? It's so crinkly. Oh. We probably have listeners who don't know what CDs are. Oh, come on. I knew what eight tracks were when I was eight. Yeah, maybe. And I never never used eight tracks. I grew up in the age of <laughs> I grew up in the age of literally everything. Right. That came after eight tracks. Uh we had cassette tapes. Cause we had cassette tapes one year, CDs the next, MP3s a couple years later, and then everything was just suddenly all on one fucking device. So like, you know what? All that shit you learned over the last couple of years, never mind. And now now it's nearly impossible to even own music. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. You're, now you're just renting music. How do you feel about that? No, sir, I don't like it. I don't either. Anyway. So, as long as the people who make the shit get money that they deserve. That's what fucking matters. Yeah. So he's playing music for Darla. Uh, mentions that she likes Chopin and Brahms, but doesn't like any Russian composers. Yeah. Um, and so Lila steps over to Darla, and she starts doing this nearly baby talk shit to her and Lindsay shuts that shit down she's like hello darwa who's a little 400 year old vampire <laughs> yeah, she practically is <laughs> obviously Lindsay's been spending time with darla mm-hmm. and actually having conversations and treating darla like the 300 year old fucking person she is 400 oh yeah sorry 400 but they have kind of a connection well, you know, they're they're both very fucking evil. <laughs> and, you know, they're nerding out over some classical music. Yeah. Uh, but they have a really good r- rapport and and Lindsay just kind of shoves Lila to the side and be like, "Nah, fuck off. Leave her alone. Talk to her like a goddamn adult." Yeah. So they they have their nice little evil nerdy bonding moment. Darla's like, "Mmm, the prelude." And Lindsay's like, 
C minor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the preludes and the nocturnes. <laughs> and, then, and then Lindsay's like, Darla, put that away. <laughs> oh, sorry. We don't have time for that. Schlickety-schlickety-schlickety-five. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> you should be. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but no, Darla's like, I can feel Angel. Oh, can we all? <laughs> and the whole room just... God. What about Angel? What? Huh? Who? <laughs> Where? <laughs> oh, that's pretty much what Lindsay says, you know? <laughs> Yeah, she senses Angel's presence or some shit. Not sure why. He's not on the move or anything. He's just hanging out at Cordelia's place. Yeah. The way she says it, he, like, left town for a while, I guess. Yeah. It, it seemed like they should cut to a shot of him sneaking in or, I don't know, walking into the fucking corner store across the street. Whatever. She's she's all waxing reminiscently or some shit over him. And yep. They insinuate that they're going to kill him. And <laughs> because they're evil, etc., etc. It's practically like they practically have the moment where she has an evil laugh, and then he has an evil laugh, and then they evil laugh together, <laughs> like fucking Doctor Goddamn Evil. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Cut over to Cordelia's place, where Angel is drawing a picture of the nasty-looking demon of unknown origin. Who has um, wider eyes than he drew. Oh, jeez, you're fucking it up already, Angel. Damn, Cordy really let him get a lot farther into that drawing before she's like, oh, no, those are wider. Yeah, you can't just erase <laughs> those and fucking move them apart. That's a finished drawing almost. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but Wesley and Angel throw out a couple random made-up sounding demon types. They're talking about it in Wesley decides that he needs the Suleiman's Compendium. And Dennis... Being a good ghost decides to help him out. Ask and ye shall receive. <laughs> Dennis hucks that shit right in his face, which causes him to yell out, if yes. you will. Exclaim loudly. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> and Cordy shows a lot of compassion for her ghost. A considerable amount, considering he's already dead. She's like, no, don't scare the ghost. He's just trying to help. And I'm like, well, strike two. Gosh, sure, we do need a new place to work. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. Where are we ever going to find a billionaire who's a huge fan of us <laughs> to buy us a giant hotel to work out of? Gosh. <laughs> Who knows when this could possibly happen? They definitely didn't establish any characters like that previously, except for the one that they did, named David. I don't know what you're talking about. Me either. I've completely forgotten already. <laughs> Who are you? Where am I? Wesley starts flipping through pages, and then Cordy startles him as well by screaming because she sees a picture of the demon in the book. Yeah, she suddenly, you know that thing where they she's doing that thing where she does the thing yeah. that she was just telling Wesley not to do? Boy, howdy, that's some highbrow shit right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Deep, deep writing. Mm. Yeah. They sure ran away with the cow on that one. <laughs> Is that a thing? I, I, just, I have I just, no idea. I just made I, that up. I, I don't know. Bad writing passed off as good I'm, writing is now running away with the cow. I'm not particularly that good at idioms, actually. 
I can never remember them properly. It's all right. I've got a little squish toy of a cow. I'll bring it with me. <laughs> but it and is when, a... whenever it happens, I will literally run away with it. <laughs> and you'll be like, what? what? What do you mean you're not good with idioms? When, whenever we play pool, whenever you get ball in hand, we literally just do a little... Uh, you That's know, not an idiom. Yes, it is. It's a gesture idiom. Gestures and idioms are not the same thing. No, but it's a gesture... Im- like ball in hand, <laughs> I guess it's more of a pun because yeah. it literally it's a means visual pun. It literally means ball in hand. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Anyway, the demon in question, no longer of unknown origin, is a Prio Motu. Matu? I thought it was Moto. Moto. M O T U is how it's spelled. Oh, was it M O T U? Yeah. I started spelling it at some point then. That's what it is on the wiki, at, at least. All right, let's go with that. It's bred to maim and massacre. Murder! It's a demon of great evil and violence. And a killer. But it would, however, help a lady carry too many parcels across the street. <clears throat> because no one is that evil. Seriously, though. Maybe Lindsay. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more so Lila. Lila seems pretty evil. Yeah. Anyway, now all they have to do is find it. Well, fucking guess what? Wesley knows a guy who goes to a place and does the thing with the whatever the fuck, but it's, you know, it's kind of a slightly offbeat joint. Yeah. Well, sounds like it's right up there, fucking alley. <laughs> but it's not. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit. Not really. Why not? It's a karaoke bar. Well, it's, like, it's not up. Angel's Alley. <laughs> I don't know. They'll they'll grow into it. Cut over to Caritas. A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brains. My friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. Some asshole demon is singing. People are yeah. coming through the metal detectors. A bouncer is pulling knives out of people's belts or demon's belts, whatever. Fucking karaoke bar. I don't think we've even learned that his name is Lorne yet. No, no. Uh, and in the credits, he's just called the host at this point. Yeah. But uh, he, it's Lorne. And man, talk about the most evil fucking place it could be. It's a goddamn karaoke bar. Yeah. Fucking hate karaoke. <laughs> Not a fan, huh? No. Well, okay. I like good karaoke when people can sing. Mm. Usually, if you go to karaoke, like a person, one is actually fucking good at singing. Most of the time, it's just not good. I don't fucking like it. You know, we haven't been to exactly the same karaoke dives, because I've been to some that are really good, and I've been to some that are really bad, and and everything in between. I've just not, I guess, experienced enough good karaoke, because I, no. And also, I don't fucking sing, as you have previously learned in in the season finale. I am not a singer. Hey guys, Rex is only slightly better than David Boreanaz at singing. <laughs> or Angel. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty fucking sure that David Boreanaz just can't sing. I We'll get to that. <laughs> I have things to say. Sure. But, uh, back to this place where there's a demon singing on stage. We watch Angel and Cordy and Wes coming in and they're looking around and 
Angel's a might uncomfortable in this place. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little out of his element. The second he walks in, he's like, they're going to try to make me sing. <laughs> God damn it. That makes me so <laughs> brooding. Because <laughs> at that very moment, he knew he was going to have to sing. Yeah. So Lorne takes the demon backstage that's currently on stage when the next singer is up. And yep. he's like, he's talking to him backstage. And he's like, hey, man, there's more to life than eating your young. <laughs> I know you're looking forward to hatching season, but <laughs> let me tell you about your aura. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. No, it was funny. Uh, <laughs> they settle on up to a table where Merle is. Merle. Uh, Wes sits down and... Not to be confused with his brother, Durl. Okay. It's a Walking Dead reference. Yeah. Merle and Durl. Were they Merle and Durl? Yeah. Except now everybody just says Daryl. Because there's no more Merle anymore. Because uh, Merle died in like season three or something. Yeah, I don't remember that much of that season. I blew through that one a little too fast. Ah, oh, season three's where it starts to get good. I know, I know. Whatever, moving along. Immediately before Merle really has any chance to talk, Cordy's like, Cat got your tongue, Merle? And Merle's like, I don't have a tongue. <laughs> I'm like, well, then how are you talking? Right. You are obviously making sounds that require a tongue. Yeah, you got something in there. I don't believe it. So anyway, he's like, oh, no, those things, Priomotus, are stone cold killers. I, I need way more money than that. And they're like, bam, here's more money now. Shut the fuck up. Well, I mean, you know, keep talking. He's like, all right, they're in the subway system, the subtunnels of Redondo line. And they get up and leave, and they run into Lorne on the way Where out. Lorne really, really likes Angel's oh, coat. He takes a liking to him very quickly. Specifically the coat, though. Most, yeah, mostly the coat. And honestly, it's though... Like, You're cute, too, but God damn it, I need that coat. It's not a bad coat, but it's, it's kind of plain to me. Like, Spike's coat is better. Spike's is at least leather. It's a good cut. I mean, I guess it depends on if you're looking for a fancy lad or a bad boy. Oh, yeah. And I feel like Lauren's more on the market for a fancy lad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wants Angel to, to get up there and belt away at a song. And uh, Angel, no. He, he, he don't want to. Not going to happen. Angel has three things he doesn't do. Tan, date, and sing in public. And then there's, of course, number four that he didn't say, which is dance. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't do that either, but I guess we could probably lump dancing and singing together. Sure, why not? I relate to this. Sub-article 3A. Now, I may, ha I may have recorded that song, and, you know, that was very hard for me to do, but I would never ever actually be able to perform that in front of anybody oh god willing we will never let you <laughs> but like that's the other reason why i don't like karaoke people try to get me to fucking do it <laughs> and no there is no amount of booze that i can imbibe that will get me up there because by the time i have consumed enough alcohol that gets me relaxed enough to actually do that I'm probably not able to get out of my chair. Yeah, don't worry. I will never try to make you do karaoke. See? More th songs for me. That's all I got to do. Prove that I really shouldn't be singing and people stop asking. <laughs> I mean, I never try to push anybody into that kind of thing anyway. Because although I've done a lot of stage work, I still have 
huge amounts of anxiety about it. Some might call it stage fright. I And it's a muscle. If you don't exercise it, it will get weak. I, w- I used to be at a point where I could go up and just own a fucking stage. And then after years of not doing it, I'm right back at feeling like a fucking noob. Even when we started this podcast... The biggest reason why we started drinking alcohol, or at least I started drinking alcohol for this podcast, was because I couldn't fucking do it without the alcohol. I recall. And I was a bit nervous, too, inexplicably. It was weird. And the alcohol helped. But I just thought that made it more fun, honestly. Well, and when I recorded the shanty, it, like... It took a lot of work to record that just because I had to keep redoing it because my nerves would break when trying to fucking sing. But anyway, back to the show. Even without singing, Lorne has some fairly deep starter advice for Angel. He says, I know you're feeling smooth and in the groove. Isn't that the thing that comes before a fall? He's like a deer in the headlights. He's like, that's when he says, there's three things I don't do. Tan, date, and sing in public. And he fucks off. Like, at first, this line, I'm like, what the fuck is Lorne even going on about? But it's prof- it's prophetic of the whole fucking episode. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're, they've gotten cocky. And they're about to fuck it up. Yep. It's, that's the plot, everybody. Don't get cocky, kid. Exactly. <laughs> and as they run off, I love Lorne's line here. Love Lorne. Ha. Huh. Huh. They play on that later. Yeah. Uh, he says, see you around. Turns to the guy next to him. How fabulous would I look in that coat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know. I probably wouldn't fit you right. I don't know, man. You, you got the vibrant suit thing going on, and he that does. works for you, Lauren. It, it really does. I don't know. He'd look fabulous in whatever he does. He's yeah. just a fabulous fucking guy. Cut over to the subway. <laughs> <laughs> the underground tunnels of L.A. One of them. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks... Kind of abandoned to me. Yeah, a little bit abandoned. But doesn't take long before Angel happens to run into a pregnant woman who looks scared. Yeah. Man, damsels in distress just flock to Angel, don't they? I was going to say they just flock to remote, desolate areas <laughs> that Angel happens to be in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then right behind her, the Priomotu demon yeah. comes a running up behind her, and I'm like... Oh, good. She was scared because she was being chased by something. This makes sense. Yeah. Angel immediately engages it in combat, snaps its neck, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, no problem. (laughs) Nothing to say here. Everyone go home. You can sleep easy now, ma'am. Oh, but a twist. (laughs) Oh, you've killed my husband. Oh, you bastard. It's not her husband. It's just her friend and her protector and her... Holy warrior. Yeah, but I mean, look how evil he was. Too. <laughs> Looked evil to me. I did you a favor, really. You liked you liked that? You call this over here and that over there? Family? <laughs> Anyone? Nobody? Dust. Ninja Turtles. Anyway. <laughs> no, it wasn't her husband. I just thought it was... No. It was funny. There was a moment there where... I thought she had a look on her face where she was going to be like, oh, God, why did you kill him? But then it felt like that that wasn't what was going to happen. And then that was what happened. It was like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And Angel feels really fucking bad. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't. He kind of came at me and he looked looking at me like he looks evil. I don't know. Like, what do you do when something like that? I'm 
sorry. He must have felt like my mom that one time. Like, I feel really bad for my mom because there was this one time when I was a very small child, maybe three or four years old, and we had some neighbor girls and we were hanging out where our driveways meet and they had this pet snail. I don't know if it was actually like their pet. They got it from a store or if they just found it in the backyard or what, but it had the big swirly shell. It wasn't just a slug. Right. And my mom came by and she was like, hey, what are you kids doing? Crunch. Oh, man. <laughs> yup. And uh, was it like, oh, gross, and then stepped on it or just accidentally stepped no, on it? No, accidentally did not see it there. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was, she didn't step all the way enough to kill it. Oh. And I remember I saw it vividly and oh god like its shell shattered but it was still stuck to all of its gooey insides and it was all gelling around and it was like oh. ah. and the girls didn't seem to care at all they just picked it up and threw it in the garbage can and they were like ah eh, shit happens it must have been a snail they found then yeah like, i can't I, I yeah i don't know i probably never will but i was under the impression it was like their pet or something Ugh. but yeah anyway she's super upset the evil thing wasn't an evil, evil thing. Oh, yeah. So this was this was a good evil thing. Yeah. Not an evil, evil thing. Exactly. If only Kate were here for us to explain <laughs> that, too. <laughs> I don't see Angel putting on tights. Oh, now I do, and it's really disturbing. Protecting young women such as yourself? Oh, yeah, there's been uh, four. And three of them are very much alive. So we cut back to Cordy's where, you know, Angel feels really bad. Wesley's like, he was good? Angel's, yeah. Cordy goes, and you. <laughs> <laughs> Makes her own sound effects. I loved it. With perfect Cordelia tact. Yeah. And Angel's just in the same exact tone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't quite the same exact tone. He made that very sarcastic eye contact with her where he's like you're really riding the line right now you're, you're being a bitch you're technically <laughs> right but step one more foot in that direction and so help me god alice to the moon <laughs> pow right in the kiss <laughs> exactly <laughs> so angel's beating himself up about it man this guy's got a backlog of depressing shit to keep him busy for like at least a century hey and you know what? When all you need is a moment of happiness to go really fucking evil, good. <laughs> yeah. Keep building that backlog, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> He's good to go. And Wesley's like, well, my God, how do you expect us to think that some blood-sucking, cold-blooded murderer could <laughs> ever in a million years just suddenly turn good and become some noble adventure of the innocent, quite like you, Angel. Even you don't exist. Oh, wait, but you do, though. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, dear. I've gone and sodded myself. <laughs> no, but Angel realizes that uh, something's amiss and maybe... Merle led them there specifically so he could kill the demon. Yeah, 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 something like that. Because Cordelia's like <laughs> yelling into the air, into the ether. Thanks for the obscure visions, assholes. Yeah. We're doing great with that. 
So Angel puts Wesley and Cordelia on research duty to find out what the tribunal is. And they try to make him feel better, being like, oh, you didn't know. And Angel's like, oh, someone knew. Dun, dun, dun. Merle. Oh, never met anyone good named Merle. Nor have I. Huh. I've also, I don't know that I've ever actually met a real person named Anyone Merle. named Merle, <laughs> for that matter. Like, hmm. I have heard of people, real people named Merle, and I have had, I've seen plenty of fictional characters named Merle, but I don't, I don't know that I've ever met a real person named Merle. I hear Merle Streep is <laughs> quite the wonderful I woman. I don't think that's Merle Streep. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. Pretty sure. Anyway, <laughs> we cut to the LA streets where <laughs> that's, Angel... That's the title of the episode, Merle Streep. <laughs> We cut to the the dark L.A. streets as Angel roughs Merle up. And man, you just got to beat the shit out of him, I guess, because you can't threaten him with removal of his tongue. Or he doesn't have a tongue. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, there's lots of other ways to torture and or murder someone. Not that I would know. <laughs> I mean, all he does is like push him into this fence a few times. It's chain link and it has a lot of give to it. It didn't really seem painful. No. But, you know, Merle's pretty spineless. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't really take much to get him to talk. Because Angel beats it out of him pretty quickly that there's yeah. a price on the pregnant woman's head. It's because she's somehow a threat to the tribunal because her child is prophesized to be good or something. Yeah. He wanted the Priyomodu demon out of the way because all these demons want to get the price that's on her head. So Angel tells him to put the word out that no one touches this woman, but Merle's like, oh, it's too late for that, bro. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> why don't you just chill out and have a sandwich? <laughs> it's way too late for all that. Um, anyway, he gets it out of Merle where the Priyomoto demon lived. Kind of, sort of. And it's Boyle Heights, somewhere, somewhere underground, somewhere near the water and power. Yeah, nothing vague about that. But, I mean, he openly says, I don't really know. Right. And it's a start anyway. But he's like, yeah, it's an iffy part of town, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Am I right, Scoob? <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> fucking shaggy voice gets me every fucking time. <laughs> I'm glad. It it feels spot on to me. Does it? Oh yeah, no. Does... It's you're it is spot on. Excellent. Yeah, it's excellent. <laughs> excellent. Cut to another place in LA on the streets where we see a group of guys stalking down the street heading towards a guy trying to get into his car and he's like, "Oh shit, they're going to fucking mug me." And they he look, runs away. They look dangerous. That's why I never wear my hood up. Yeah. It's like, menacing for it some is. reason. Why? Why is that? <laughs> but no, the the gang heading towards him isn't a gang. Well, I guess it is a gang, but it, it's, it's a good gang. Yeah. <laughs> it's Gun and a few of his friends as they go running after the guy, but they're not after him. They're after the <laughs> vampire who's about to kill him. Excuse me, sir. You dropped your keys, sir. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> get back here. You get back here right now. <laughs> We're going to give you your keys and we're going to fix up your car. <laughs> we're going to be so nice to you, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
<laughs> anyway, so and so they're co- but no, they're literally calling after him. They're like, "Hey, get back here!" But it's for good reasons because he yeah. runs into a vampire that jumps him, and they catch up to him just in time, and they fuck up that vampire real quick. Yeah, and he gun- puts pulls his head down, and it's gone. Yeah. He, kill, he kills that vampire dead. Smashing expectations, as per usual. And the guy just flips out, <laughs> and they try to do a little bit here, but I don't think it landed properly. Not quite. Because the dude's, like, frozen in fear, and Gunn is like, you should go home now. And he just suddenly starts sprinting, and it was a little too cartoony. Yeah. And it just didn't work, <laughs> I didn't think. Like, he, like, he practically jumped up. And his legs spun in a circle. Yeah. Like a cartoon, and he bolts like, off. Like the fucking Roadrunner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get what they were going for, but it takes a special touch, and they just yeah. didn't quite get there. So Angel steps out, and he's like, man, would it kill him to say thank you? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it would. I don't know. Maybe. We don't really know the guy. Maybe he has some special curse on him that would kill him if he said thank you. You know, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility no. in this show. <laughs> Nobody else thinks, well, maybe this vampire has a curse that makes him good. So why not just apply random ridiculous curses to everybody? <laughs> Remember, sometimes if you come across someone's someone who's rude, they might just have a curse that causes them to be rude. He's probably just cursed, honey. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, but Angel wants Gun's help to guide him through the tunnels to find the Prio's lair. Because Gun apparently has been there before. Yeah, he, he knows all the pockets of the area and stuff. Quote of the day here, just because it kind of made me chuckle a little bit. It's it's a chuckler. Angel says, you ever hear of a Prio Motu? Gun says, is that like a 62 Chevy with the big cam? <laughs> All right, I could have just said no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting to kind of like the sense of humor that they're applying to Gun. Uh, no, I really like it. <laughs> like they kind of pulled that shit with one of his... Uh, one of his, I, I want to say gang members, but I want to say something that has much less negative connotation than gang member. <laughs> I almost went with clan member. That doesn't work <laughs> no. either. <laughs> no, I, I mean, they, they are a gang. They're just not a criminal gang. They're a demon hunting gang. Yeah. I mean. Crew. Crew. I yeah, feel crew it's more works. like a crew. Yeah, crew works. Yeah. Because the guy that was watching the door, he was like, I'm sorry, man. I suck. In the last episode, yeah. or a couple episodes ago, and I was like, okay, I don't know. But anyway, Gunn's got a nice little witty edge to him, and I enjoy it. Yeah. As they're walking down the tunnels... Um, yeah, we're in an underground industrial tunnel now, and yep. Gunn sees a vent that didn't used to be there. Weird. Handy that he knows the tunnels that fucking well, man. Right? Well, it's a big fucking vent. It is a very big And if fucking a big vent. fucking vent shows up out of nowhere, oh, yeah. you might kind of notice that if you've been there a couple of times. <laughs> there used to be a hallway there. Now there's a wall and a vent. Or a door that right. went into this other room or something. Because it turns out, it's a door. Yeah, it's it's a fake vent into a secret apartment. And, yeah. An apartment that really isn't that much smaller than mine. That was quick work there. And, uh, yeah, I was like, that looks kind of spacious. Shit, I kind of want to live there. Free rent? 
Yeah. As long as you, you know, don't announce your presence there. I've done a lot of urban exploring and I've I've seen some places and thought at that moment where like, man, if I end up homeless, this would be a good place to fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine bringing groceries in would be a chore. It depends. But you probably also don't exactly have a refrigerator and power in abandoned buildings. Well, you, dry goods. You uh, stick with dry goods when yeah. you're in that kind of situation. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, they find this demon's pseudo-apartment. Yep. Made quick work of that. And uh, Angel finds a thingamajigger in a hidden drawer of a box. And he hands it off to Gunn. He's like, I need you to take this to this address on the back of this card, which is Cordelia's place. Yes. Gunn's like, okay. But uh, what are you going to do? You're going to stay here and just kind of soak up the guilt? I loved that line. It's <laughs> like something like that. <laughs> and that's exactly what Angel does. That is exactly what he does. Because Gun fucks off into fuck off land. Angel hangs back and uh, lights a candle. Finds out his name is Kamal. He's v- obviously a pretty religious type. There's a uh, Buddha statue and uh, some really fucking nice swords. Got some shiny stuff going yeah. on. And uh, Angel found the the medallion thing in a secret compartment in a box, which was actually really fucking cool. Because mm-hmm. he opens the box and kind of notices that their bottom of the box is higher up than the exterior bottom of the box. So he, he kind of get gauges that there's a space there and finds a little compartment. It's pretty cool. Makes quick work of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, nothing in the drawers. <laughs> oh, look, secret drawer. Anyway, he hears a noise, and he yes. grabs Kamal's sword. Oh, there it is in my notes right there. <laughs> he grabs Kamal's sword and waits, but it's just the pregnant lady. Yep, and he nearly gives the pregnant lady a fucking heart attack. <laughs> nearly. Yeah, she's like, you shouldn't be here, and he's like, well, Kamal's mission is mine now, and she's like, well, I just want to take care of my baby. She's not your holy mission. She's my daughter. I can hold a note for a long time. (laughs) Actually, I can hold a note forever. But eventually, that's just noise. It's the change we're listening for. The note coming after and the one after that. That's what makes it music. Oh, she's not your mission. She's just my daughter. And Angel's like, well, no, it's not that exactly. It's sort of my job. And she's like, your job? He says, yeah, look. I got cards uh, <laughs> and an office. Well, the office kind of blew up, but we're working out of this apartment in Silver Lake temporarily. Let me help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just his tone where he's like, I got cards. I have cards. <laughs> Nobody can print those off for relatively cheap. <laughs> <laughs> this is what tells you I'm a legit fucking investigator. Look, I know what I'm doing. My office exploded, but it's fine. <laughs> Ignore the address that's printed on the cards, because that building doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No worries. Uh, But anyway, it turns out she's there because she's looking for the coat of arms, which is that thingamajigger that Angel already gave to Gunn and sent him off. I love this because, like, she's actually kind of starting to trust him momentarily. Just for a moment. And then she's like, we got to find the medallion. Or the coat of arms, she calls it. And he's like, ah, so about that. Um, 
I already found it and I already sent it away. But, but I know where it is. All right, get the fuck out. Because she needs it to give to the tribunal and maybe, just maybe, they'll stop trying to kill her or something. I do want to say her fucking logic here is screwed up because, like, he literally just said, Hey, I have it. It's not here. We can go and get it. And she's like, No, I'm going to fucking do this on my own. It's like, you don't even know where the fuck it went. Also, she really needs that fucking thing. Yeah. And she keeps fighting him on this go to his place thing. And, you know, I kind of get that it could be a trap. Yeah, but, like, at this point, if he it wanted, wouldn't take much. He could have already fucking captured her if, if he was he trying to capture her. If he wanted to kill her, her she'd yeah. be dead. Yeah. Like, he already had a fucking sword pointed at her. For fuck's sake. Yeah, he already let her go once after <laughs> she killed her protector demon. And frankly, she should be like, oh, you're much stronger than my protector demon. Right? Yes, you can be my champion. <laughs> but no, she's so butthurt about it. Like, how close were they, really? Right. So she goes to leave and opens the door and there's a demon outside the door and it immediately attacks her. And I love this bit because she like jumps to the side and Angel goes up and he like starts trying to fend off this demon. But the whole time he's like, I can kill this one, right? (laughs) Like I'm allowed to kill this one. Yeah, this demon just doesn't seem to have the same taste in not killing her as she does. And Angel's all like... (laughs) It's like he's obtaining consent before killing it this time. You don't think this one might be good? No, kill it. Okay. It was great. Hey, consent is fucking important. It is important, especially here on Ale with Angel and or Beer with Buffy. Yes. A subsidiary of Beer with Buffy. And, you know, Angel kills the demon with a door. Death by door. Yeah. And that, by the way, is why door-to-door salesmen don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) death by door death by door every time every time it's it's a dangerous line of work death of a salesman that's what (laughs) they don't tell you that's That's, how it happens that's all it's about (laughs) salesman getting killed by doors it's just that scene from daredevil (laughs) (laughs) where kingpin just slams his head in the door until it's gooey mush oh god it's just that over and over (laughs) from different angles that's the whole play (laughs) They get, like, five different guys to play kingpins so that they cut from one and the spotlight opens on the other one on the other side of the stage as they clean up that mess. Oh, because it's a live performance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And real death. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now it's a snuff play. Yes. Christ almighty. It's a very old, ancient play from from when times were way more brutal. (laughs) Okay, so it's more like an arena. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, they fuck off into fuck off land yeah. together. Now she's like, okay, I guess you can protect me for now. <laughs> Cut to Cordelia's. Cut to Cordelia Investigations. <laughs> Where we get a whole fucking scene of just that really good subtle humor of guns. Like, he's... He, He's playing the whole the whole scene up. Not only that, but it's really showcasing just how fucking white Cordelia and Wesley <laughs> yes. are. Oh, they're so white. So white. Like, 
don't get me wrong. I'm white and you're white, but we're not as white as they are white. I mean, we're pretty white, but we're not that white. I mean, because Gunn knocks on the door. He's like, hello, I'm a black man. I'm here to kill you. And they're like, well, we should like to inform you that we would be rather put out should you do such a thing or even attempt. Oh, hold on. The actual line is he knocks on the door and he says, and Corey's like, who is it? And he's like, gun. And Corey's response is, gun? What if it's a demon with a gun? With a gun. <laughs> Why would he fucking say he has a gun, Corey? <laughs> Why wouldn't he just Kool-Aid man through the fucking wall yeah. and point the gun at you? If they have weapons, they're going to tell you that they don't have weapons, specifically. Exactly. I've had somebody knock on my window <laughs> of my vehicle before. That's how white I am. I say vehicle. <laughs> and he was like, hey, man, I don't have any weapons on me or nothing. And I'm like, great. So you have weapons. <laughs> That's me backing up and running away. Eventually, he's like, no, it's it's gun. Angel sent me. Yeah. And they let him in. And this is the line that really showcases that Cordy is very white. <laughs> She's like. Wesley, you've heard Angel talk about Gunn. He's a great guy with a really fly street tag. So fly. <laughs> and It's how they know that you mean business. Yeah. Because <laughs> she takes his name as being like a fucking... A handle. Yeah, a handle pseudonym sort of thing. And he's like, no, my name's Charles Gunn, G-U-N-N. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> you mean Gunn is your name. Well, yeah, yes, Angel never shuts up about you, of course, and how fly your street tag is. Oh, and then he, he this is when he's like fucking with him. He's like, I saw you in bed. And she's like, what? Because they're trying to, they, they try to move on to pleasantries. Yeah. And that kind of blows up in their faces, too. Um, he's like, oh, I've met you before. I've seen you in bed. What? <laughs> you too, Englishman. <laughs> I dare say. Excuse me. And he's like, no. When you were in the hospital, Angel had us watch over you. When this had nothing to do with me, I didn't have a care in the world. But now that it, you've seen me in bed, I am very upset. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so he's like, now nah, when you're in the hospital, Angel sent me to watch over you. And then he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm done fucking <laughs> with you. Here's the thing that I'm here to give you. And uh, he takes note of their super duper organized, no nonsense, stunningly impressive whiteboard. Very whiteboard with some notes written on it. <laughs> oh, this is where it all happens, huh? And Cor Cordy's line is like, what is it? We we set him up and knock him down or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, you know, and, until Angel knocks down the wrong one. And uh, he's working on it. Yeah, he's et cetera, et cetera. He's working on it. Cut over to some building where Angel and the... Oh, it's not some building. It's an important special building. We don't know that yet. Nobody knows that. <laughs> You're ruining it. Well, Angel has a moment. They come out of the sewer and into this building, and it's a... a abandoned gorgeous fucking building by the way like this it's all right no this building it would be fucking awesome for urban exploring this is the that's the shit that i fucking love about urban exploring i've had better i have actually had better as well <laughs> um but it's a it's a pretty building and angel kind of has a moment in this building and she's like what have you been here before and he's like no no but it, there's something about it 
Oh, I must have missed that line. But yeah, well, he like... didn't actually say it, but that's just kind of the expression in the moment that he, he's giving it. He's looking around and you can tell that he's like drawn to the building. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, it looks like a mansion or something. It's filled with covered furniture and it's clearly not occupied currently. And he takes this moment to ask her what the tribunal is, which is apparently some kind of otherworldly court that can save her. Which, I don't know, I thought it was supposed to be trying to kill her. Yeah. How can it save her? But It's confusing. It can save her by promising not to kill her. It's like paying the mafia for protection. Yeah, I guess. So, uh, but she needs the talisman and a champion. She's like, oh, fuck it, never mind, I'm leaving town. And he's like, no, I can help you. And she's like, no, uh But then they hear demons coming, cutting their conversation slightly short. Yep, and he tells her to to run and go to the address on the card, and he fights the demons, and then we cut away. Get thee to my nunnery! (laughs) Which is in no way a nunnery. No, Uh, no, it is not a nunnery. And he stays behind and fights demons while she fucks off. And we cut later back to Cordy's apartment. Cordelia Investigations, if you will. (laughs) Where Angel arrives, and by the way, her name is Joe. Um, Oh, the... The woman. The pregnant lady? Yep. Her name is Joe. Oh, I didn't I catch I don't remember that. if it actually said it in the episode, but it, that's from the wiki. Huh. But she's not there, and Angel's a bit verklempt. Rather upset. He's uh, he's not happy about it. He, he feels that he has uh, made some mistakes. Yeah, he's like, well, of course she doesn't trust me. Why should she? I'm terrible at this. <laughs> I mean... Maybe you fucked up, but you did save her life several times. But I can see how she'd still be sketchy about it. Yeah. So he spends some time feeling sorry for himself, like you do. Well, and you know, he needs to be sad and upset and broody. He does. And Cordy takes this opportunity to try to make him feel better, but not too much better. Yeah, not Just too a little much bit better. better. Not too much better. <laughs> Just a little bit better. Yeah, it turns out that simmering well below the day's surface brood flavor of, oh God, I killed an innocent demon, has been festering this yeah. whole time. The, oh God, the light at the end of the tunnel is way farther off than I thought. That's, well, yeah. that's his main brood. Yeah, well, he thought he was through the worst of it. And it's like, uh, no, no, Angel. Like, come on. You know you got four more seasons of this. I was just going to say that. Mm, That's some good broody talk. All right. You got got four more seasons of this shit. Well, at at that time, David Boreanaz thought that he had five more seasons of this shit. Oh, yeah. They get cut short. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, But Cordy even mentions that, yeah, we all got a little cocky. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you got cocky. <laughs> and then he, they got a little doodle dewy. Uh, yeah. Okay. That that's that's a lot. <laughs> I'll allow it. Well, gosh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Wesley runs in and breaks this shit up, and he's like, "I think we've got something. By God, it's medieval—a small badge or a coat of arms to be presented when going before the Kaher bins." Uh, roughly translated that's chair of judgment angel responds the tribunal (sighs) yeah whoa whoa (laughs) and uh wesley pulls up some more info on the tribunal and the talisman um which doesn't really tell us more than we already know it's a court fight to the death so they need a champion and they gotta have the talisman because it's like the ticket it's like you can't get in without a ticket you gotta have that golden ticket. 
I've got a golden Although, ticket. It, it's it's a bronze medallion, so it's a little bit green and brown. Sure. You know, there's copper. In well, it. what are you going to do? Um, they still don't know where it's going to be other than possibly wherever she is. Or maybe we haven't learned that yet. I don't know. So then Angel realizes that there's only one way that he can find out where there's to only, go. There's only one thing we can do, Rex. It's the worst thing you could ever possibly think of. Sing karaoke. Karaoke. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Insert organ music here. So, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Even a solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper. Cut to Caritas. All right, we, let's we can do that. Let's right. let's do that. <laughs> Cut, Cut to Caritas. There we go. There it is. That works. Alrighty. And this is the moment where I, you know, I had to ask the question: Is this David Boreanaz can't sing, or is this David Boreanaz effectively singing badly, acting like he can't yeah. sing? And the outtakes that it shows, no. it's th- This is just that David Boreanaz cannot sing. Definitely. <laughs> Even before I saw that, I was like, this is because he can't sing a lick. And it, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Like, I hate karaoke, but it is really nice to see, like, the, a character I love being tortured this way. Honestly, I'm always surprised when an actor that's a really good actor can't sing but i can tell from his tonality as an actor that he would be a bad singer that makes sense because he just doesn't quite have the vocal range and the tonality that i've come to expect from good actors but he still that's kind of what makes him that impressive is he still finds a way to make it work but he's a fucking awful singer yeah. <laughs> There's um, nothing he's slightly okay about this. So the camera cuts to Cordy and Wesley sitting in a booth watching Cordy's line, quote of the day here, that man will do anything to save a life. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're just standing there awestruck at the terrible rendition of Barry Manilow's Mandy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got to hand a quote of the day to Lorne here as he comes out. <laughs> And practically comes out with one of those big hooks. Yeah, he's like like trying to fucking grab the mic out of Angel's hand. He's and, like, no, you're just done, man. And he's like, hey, how about that? A performer. Why don't we just call him Angel, the vampire with soul? I'm going to go have a chat with Mr. Tall, Dark, and Rockin'. And meanwhile... Durthok, the child eater, is going to open up a bit to y'all. He's searching for the Gorishin mage that stole his power, and he's feeling just a little bit country, so let's give him a hand. <laughs> and that whole line, I'm just like, every time I heard a punchline, I thought it was over, and it just kept getting better. Just kept going. That whole line just slaps me in the face every, like, five words. Honestly, <laughs> Lorne is written to basically have a punchline every other fucking thing he says. Yeah, it's like, kind of amazing. He's 90% punchlines. <laughs> it's great. I couldn't write down everything he said. That would just take too much no, time. But he's very quotable. Absolutely. 
So Angel's immediately all business, and he just wants to get down to the fucking brass tacks. Where the fuck is the woman, Lauren? And but Lauren's like, no, 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 no. Where? Uh, hold on. I want to know why you chose that song. <laughs> and Angel's like, well, I just think it's pretty. <laughs> Angel thinks Mandy is a pretty song. Yeah. He's like, well, good for you for fessing up to that. Yeah. Instead of being a big old broody lunk. <laughs> But what Lauren explains to him is that the tri- the tribunal will be wherever Joe actually is. She can't escape it. Correct. Like, even if she fucking fucks off to goddamn Timbuktu, the, well, then the tribunal will be in Timbuktu. Goddamn right it will. <laughs> but luckily, Lauren knows exactly where Mandy, where Mandy, <laughs> Lauren knows exactly where Joe will be. Fourth Andy in that. Fourth in spring, it turns out. <laughs> but one of the, one of the things that Lauren says when Angel's asking him questions, he says, I can only tell you what I tell you. Uh that's kind of obvious, Lauren. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> like couldn't get more vague and cryptic than that. And you can you can tell Angel's just used to this shit. He's like, vague, gotcha. All right. Yeah. Cryptic, all right. Well, he's used to the fucking powers that be. Well, the oracles are dead. What can I expect, you know? That's really the role that Lorne's going to be playing. He's pretty much taking over for the oracles. And he's much more fun than the oracles. Yes. So. Yes. And much more accessible as well. Yeah. So it's not all squarely on Cordelia's shoulders anymore. Thankfully. So Angel's like, can I save her? He's like, try and find out. Can't win if you don't play. <laughs> yeah, see, every other fucking line is a punchline. Yeah. It's all punchlines. Well, all actually, day, every day. He didn't actually say can't win if you don't play, but that was the essence of what he said. Yeah. Cut over to fourth and spring. Yes, fourth and spring where Joe is walking down the center of the goddamn street. Yeah, the smartest way to walk down the street, <laughs> definitely. With a car, There's a car coming at her. Yeah, it'll go around. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> so little miss i'm too good for vampires is wandering down the street and yeah. right on schedule three ancient wrinkly old white dudes pop up on a wall of some sort of government building it looks like to me and they're like we're here to pass judgment on you because that is what we do no. we are old and white after all i have a question have we seen these fucking demons before like this costume the wiki didn't say anything but the specific makeup and the all but their eyes visible looked familiar like we saw them on buffy not that i can really recall no but possibly so she's like bo but i ain't got no champion you you can't you just not kill me and they're all like nah sorry no it, it is the law well if you don't have a champion then you forfeit it it is an ancient law so you know it holds more merit because it's old <laughs> i think is that right gary well, I don't know. Sounds right. <laughs> yes, more merits. Good enough. Gary has spoken. <laughs> Angel walks up next to this creepy demon horseman who's already thrown down his talisman. Yep. And Angel hucks his talisman down and he's like, fuck off then. I'm her champion. Yes. And she's like, you, but you're not good at anything. <laughs> Considering Angel's kind of made a mess of things. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I love the bit because they're walking towards the horse. Thankfully, the judges provided Angel with a horse. Right. Um, <laughs> you but, didn't bring your own horse? Well, <laughs> good luck. Time to run at the dude with the horse. <laughs> but she says to him, I really appreciate you coming through for us. Like the, or I really appreciate you coming through for us like this, but you know how you're not really good at anything. <laughs> Are you sure you can do this? I'm like fucking really, lady, really. Like you've seen him like three times, and you're like, you know how you suck at everything <laughs> you do. How many, well, how long? She's only had like maybe a couple days to get over him killing her fucking protector demon. <laughs> We have no idea how long they'd been together. You kill one good evil thing, and it's all over from there. Nobody Everyone's ever just lets like, you forget it. Jeez. Nope. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, come on. How many demons has he killed for you? Four? And I already said this earlier, but you're welcome for him killing the first one. Because Angel barely struggled with him. That yeah. was your champion? Right. You'd have fucking died. Yeah. And hey, luckily, Angel knows how to joust. Did your other demon know how, how to joust? Well, I mean, there's not much to it. You point the stick at the other guy. Oh, I'm sure it is way fucking harder than that. <laughs> well, for this whole jousting <laughs> sequence, though, is fantastic. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Like, first off, they're, they're actually taping this on the L.A. streets. Yeah. And in the very wide shots... I like that they kept buses and taxis in the background. Right. And in the wide shots, you can actually see people in the distance spectating. Huh. Like, just probably random fucking people in probably the Probably real like, people. Hey, th look, they're shooting something. They're, they're filming oh, over there's there. fucking horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the jousting's actually pretty fucking good. Like, I, I have a deep fast fascination with jousting uh-huh and i love it you know i really fucking love the movie a knight's tale okay yeah i don't think i've seen it it's about jousting oh weird yes uh but what a crazy random happenstance but they get a couple of hits and uh well so angel gets on his horse after whispering some sweet sweet nothings into its ear oh which you know you should always whisper sweet sweet nothings into your horse's ear it's a horse that's what you got to do yeah so clearly he already kind of knows what he's doing oh yeah yeah well he grew up when horses were your main mode of transportation outside of your feet right so you know he knows how to ride a horse definitely he knows how to fight apparently knows how to joust so you know, he's golden. And also, he asks the horse not to make an ass of him. Yeah. And the horse is like, I fucking hate donkeys. Why would I do that? Yeah. Everyone hates donkeys. Clearly, horses and donkeys are natural enemies. Yes. That's... Somebody told me that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who. So, they go at each other. Angel hits the other dude, but doesn't unhorse him. And then the other knight dude unhorses Angel. And he jumps off and stabs him in the gut. Well, Angel grabs a sword from his horse and knocks the other dude off his horse. And then they fight him back and forth. And then the judges jump the gun because I guess they didn't know Angel was a vampire. No. And um, they assumed that him being stabbed through the gut was a mortal wound. And uh, anyway, Angel pulls out the sword and beheads the other dude with it. Well, the two lines here, the judge says, the champion is defeated. She and all your issue are yours. And Angel jumps up, with, 
pulls the sword out of himself and jumps up and says, I move to appeal that ruling and denogonization, no more head for the bad guy. Haha, <laughs> I even gave it a slick one-liner. And they're like, we'll allow it. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, you win now. <laughs> well, you know, with those slick one, well, those slick one-liners, we have to rule in your favor. <laughs> is is that is that how this works, Gary? Uh, why? What happened? Damn it, Gary! Don't you pay attention? <laughs> you're, no, you're the you're the only one that ever talks. Why are we even here, the three of us? <laughs> 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 so, oh boy! So now she's safe and under the tribunal's protection till her daughter comes of age. You know the same people that were apparently trying to kill her before. Yeah, for whatever reason, and. Uh, <laughs> And now we will never see this character ever again. Seems likely. <laughs> and as they walk off, she's like, my God, are you okay? And I'm like, come on. How hard does he have to try to impress you? Absolutely impossible standards here. And she's like, oh, you bleed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're making such a mess. You better not bleed on my carpet. I don't know. She doesn't have any carpet. What am no. I saying? I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime, ever. Should you continue to harass our client, you'll be forced to bring that in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. Place I'm told that's not all that healthy for you. Cut back to Cordelia Investigations. Yeah, where Angel's taken down the, uh, the fancy whiteboard. Fuck the whiteboard. It's so white. And... <laughs> <laughs> Why always got to make this about race, Josh? I don't know, Josh. Uh, and uh, Grasshopper West sees Oh Wise One's wisdom here. Yes. He's like, of course, we shouldn't be keeping score. We're not running a race. We're doing a job one soul at a time. And Angel's like, you're damn right. Well, I mean, I yeah. just... Actually, the fumes from erasing the board were getting to me. <laughs> yeah, also that. And when I punched it earlier, it was broken. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to replace it. But, but you, I guess I guess we don't need it. Your idea is better, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> we should just run this all by memory. <laughs> I didn't think... <laughs> I didn't think there... What was wrong with using a fucking whiteboard to keep track no. of shit? Like... <laughs> Like, okay, you don't need to fucking, like, if the case is closed, erase the shit. That's fine. <laughs> but, like, it's handy to fucking put notes. Yeah. And, like... We need a visual thing yeah. that can we can all work on this as a group. Like, <laughs> you know, do you ever hear of the, the term murder board? Where, like, if you're trying to solve a murder, no, you have a fucking No, but I still know exactly board. what yeah, you mean. <laughs> exactly. You have a big board, and you put little, like, maybe they need to go with a cork board yeah, instead. That but that tropey you know. shit from every single procedural yeah. crime drama that ever happened. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. You're at least professionals, right? Yeah. But I guess not. Oh, no, well. they need to not keep score. Yeah. You guys, <sighs> bring it down a notch. This doesn't feel like a ma and pa shop anymore. But Angel, you know, he, he takes... Takes the cue and is like, yeah, that's exactly what we should do. Sure, and, Wesley. And I, I, you know what? I need to go do something important. <laughs> that reminds me. Cut over to the jail. Yeah. The prison. The jail. <laughs> no, this is prison, not jail. Prison. Yeah, there actually is, is a, a 
distinct difference between prison and jail. This is big boy jail. Prison is for anyone serving, I believe, one to two years or more. Jail is for serving less than that. I think I kind of knew that. So anyway, this is prison. Faith is there, and she's looking, um, frankly, fucking fantastic for right? A, being in prison, and B, apparently having a bad day, air quotes. So, well, I, it's pretty subtle. They, she looks really good, but they didn't, like, do a bunch of, like, fancy makeup or anything like that, really. No. Um, but she just has this kind of look on her face of feeling a little bit lighter. Like her burden is not weighing on her so damn much. I suppose. Sure. And that that's really what I picked up from this. Mm-hmm. She's just feeling much better than she was before. And I mean, jail just isn't as much of a pun or prison even just isn't as much of a punishment for her as it is for a normal person. Right. Because Please. She really could leave anytime she wanted. It's not even so much that she could leave anytime she wants to, so much as she's not stuck in there with them. They're, They're stuck, in there, with stuck in there yeah. with her. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's talking about this fight that she had with some other inmate with a homemade knife. And she took the knife away from her and she really wanted to kill her, but she didn't. And then she got beat up by the guards. And, like, she doesn't look like she's bruised in any way. I mean, she's the slayer. She is a slayer. And I doubt the guards really did anything. Right. Like, she got beaten up by the guards because she let them. Yeah. She can (laughs) stop the guards whenever she wants to, basically. Yeah. But she said, did you catch this line? Something about the wrist. Yeah, because she was saying that she took the knife And the wrist kind of came with it because she broke the woman's wrist. She says, she lives to tell the tale. Took the knife away and I can't say much for the wrist it came in. Well, because she broke the wrist. The woman's woman's wrist wrist it came in. All right. I was thinking, wow, did she like hide it under her skin or something? Oh, God. Yeah. It was way more morbid than what really was happening. I I could not figure out the context (laughs) there. Thank you for clearing that up. But my favorite bit with this scene, though, is, you know, they're talking about like, well, you you know, you made the choice to be here. It's doing good. Blah, blah, blah. Angel's like, yeah, but you know what? I had to sing Barry Manilow in public. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm so sorry, Angel. You just scared Edgar. That was fantastic. <laughs> here I am talking about all my petty issues. <laughs> That's harrowing. But they're they're making a joke of it. And it like. It's like two old friends making a good joke of it. Yeah. He's like, I had to sing Barry Manilow, and I didn't write down what song she named. She she guessed Copacabana? Yeah, and he's like, no, Mandy. And I don't want to dwell on it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the road to redemption is a rocky path. (laughs) Oh, boy. Did they get a nice chuckle out of that? And they're having a grand old time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fangel all the way. I'm all about it. When he becomes a real boy, <laughs> that shit's going to happen, bro. Yeah. Uh, but she's she's talking about pr- what prison's like and everything. And she's like, it's not really that bad. The food's actually not that bad from what I grew up on. And it's a little one note. Same thing every day. And I like his responses. I wonder what that's like. I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> 
blood every day. And they fade. They they do a long, slow zoom out and fade out kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just it's a really pleasant, nice wrap up ending for yeah. this episode. It really is. And Gerard. Gerard. But not before we get some great bloopers of David Boreanaz singing very badly. Very, very poorly. <laughs> oh, jeez. It was so bad. It was. So bad. It was. I prefer his bad dancing. That was much funnier. <laughs> the bad singing was just cringy. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? So how'd you feel about this episode, Rex? The second half was good. Yeah. It had a it had a really slow start. And honestly, I was kind of really tired of Angel making mistake after mistake like that. He he's a he knows what he's fucking doing. I think it was kind of beating the dead horse a little bit with sure, it. Sure, sure. But other than that, it, was, it was okay. I liked Lorne. I liked that bit. Yeah. I liked the way they closed it out. It was okay. Yeah. I think it was a solid start to the season. Yeah. I honestly just can't tell if it's because I haven't had any caffeine today or what, but I was just having a hard time getting into it. I didn't hate it. No. Yeah, I mean, we got a little more gun. I feel like he's probably going to be in every episode from here on out, probably. Yeah, um, I think he might be season regular for season two. Also, I think they have a little bit better idea of what the fuck they're doing with the structure of the show. The structure of this episode was better than pretty much all but a few episodes of season one, I thought. Yeah. Like, there was no point where I was particularly, like jarred by cutting back and forth between because they did in the previous season they did a lot of like cut to one scene and you have like a couple of lines and cut to another scene and just a couple of lines and back to the, and too much back and forth mm-hmm. and they did they really didn't do that for here and that was way better mm-hmm. and we got lauren introduced and everybody fucking loves lauren yeah. he's, he's an amazing he's an amazing character and he's super fun I like that they're not wasting any time getting them into a new place. Yeah. Because, God almighty, I can't stand them being in Cordelia's place any more than Cordelia can. (laughs) It just feels weird. And I'm like, can we drop the Dennis the Ghost thing already? Yeah. (laughs) I like that they're sticking with this whole prophecy thing. Like, we got a little bit of everything in this episode. That's why I said it's a great setup. But in terms of you know, blow out super satisfying episodes. Yeah. I mean, you got to build up to those. Right. And that's what this is doing. And so it just, it just fits into exactly where it needs to be. And it's doing exactly what it needs to do. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like his, this new arc that they've set up for angel, he's got a lot of trials and tribulations ahead of him, but it's all going to pay off. And there's a prophecy about that. Yeah. And now we've got Darla to watch right. slowly but surely how she's going to play into this. I that is, that is one thing I definitely want to mention. They immediately start introducing the big bad for the fucking season in the very first episode, which, oh my God, was the biggest mistake they actually made with fucking the first season. 
They didn't have... Well, they kind of started to, and then he pushed him out a window, and they just right. didn't think about it anymore. Yeah. It turned out to be introducing the big bad, but yeah. it was not written that way. It didn't seem like it, and, no. But this way, it's actually like, no, this is going to be the big bad. And hands down, the structure of both Buffy and Angel have to have that season big bad. It doesn't work as a concept without it. And so they, they're remedying that, and I'm happy about that. And from from my minuscule amounts of research and memory... I feel like we never really do get a solid big bad per season, but there's a compromise and you can find it if you're looking for it. They still kind of stick to that structure right. and that's that's Darla for now. So we're just I'm just going to hang yep. on to that and that'll help me sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. All right. That works. Hey, what's your quote of the day, Rex? So, I'm going to go with Lauren here just because if nothing else, he should get a call he should get at least one quote of the day solely because he just has so many in this episode he out quotes everyone oh yeah i'm not worried about it he's uh, he's gonna get so many yes throughout the series but i really feel that we should start off with giving him one absolutely uh so i'm gonna go with his line i know you're feeling smooth in the groove isn't that the thing that comes before the fall mm-hmm. just because it's prophetic for the episode it to me, feels kind of prophetic for Angel on a whole. It does, and it like it's such a, a multi-level sort of point that it's Lauren is making. Proper foreshadowing, yeah, for the whole season. Exactly, exactly, definitely. It's just perfect that a character who in this episode is played off like he's gonna be a one-off. And we're not going to ever see him again. And I like that they get they put that in there like that. Because we don't get his name. Exactly. We don't know anything about him. He's, he's not introduced in a specific manner that makes us think he's going to be reoccurring. And, you know, they probably thought he might be a one-off when they wrote his character. Yeah. But, you know, who else was supposed to be a one-off character? Gun. Spike. Spike, too, yeah. Yeah. Really? Gun? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, okay, so Gunn was originally written to be a one-off character, but as soon like before they even shot the episode, they're like, "Oh no, we should definitely this this is something we need." Good. Like on the process of writing that first episode with Gunn, they're like, "No, we're going to like let's build this up a little differently so that we can bring him in because we need more." Good. Um Okay. But yeah, Spike, Did you read that on the wiki? Yep. Cool. Uh so yes, yeah, Sp- you're right, Spike was a uh, one-off mm-hmm. as well. I like when they have good side characters that they're like, holy shit, that's really good, and we should bring them back. Yeah, I bet they do, too. Yeah. So there you go. There was my quote of the day. What's yours? I decided I'm going to go with Angel when he's with Joe down in Kamal's lair, and they try to leave, and he starts fighting the demon. (laughs) And he he says, I can kill this thing, right? (laughs) Yes! You're sure? You don't (laughs) think he might... Be good. Kill it. Because <laughs> I think that was easily the funniest part of the episode. And I got to give, like, if you hadn't given Lorne your main quote of the day, I was definitely going to give him a main quote of the day. But since you did, I'm only going to give him a honorable mention. And I got to go with the one that I already said in the episode where he says, hey, 
How about that? A performer. <laughs> Why don't we just call him Angel, the vampire with soul? <laughs> I did like that line. <laughs> I'm going to go have a chat with Mr. Tall, Dark, and Rockin'. And meanwhile, Durthok, the child eater, is going to open up to y'all. He's searching for the Gorishin mage that stole his power, and he's feeling just a little bit country. <laughs> so let's give him a hand. He's <laughs> such a perfect fucking host for that place. Honestly, they had, like, if I was directing this, I would have been like, you know, we're bringing that dude back because he can read lines that ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> Flawlessly. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm, God, I'm so sad. Andy Hallett is uh, dead. Did oh, you? Is that, that the actor? That's the actor that plays Lauren. I think he, he died in 2010. I read this a while back. Oh, man. From, he had heart problems. Damn. Yeah. Fucking heart problems. Uh-huh. So all we can do now is enjoy what he left behind for us. Yeah. And luckily he stays with us the rest of the fucking show, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he I'm positive he's uh he's now a, a show regular. Yep. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But yeah, good episode for what I'm pretty sure is gonna be a great season. Got anything else to add? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Neato. Well, Everybody out there in Doodle-Doo land, this has been another episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. If you want to buy some of our shit, head on over to store.beerwithbuffy.com. We've got stickers. We've got mugs and hoodies, two different kinds. The front pocket kind and the zipper hoodie kind. Probably some other stuff. I don't remember. Head on over to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. If you want to just give us your money, we like that too. We've got a cat naming perk where we'll do a little segment on the show. Naming some fucking cats for you. We might even have some ferrets lined up to name soon. <laughs> and, uh, hey, if you want to just support us for free, that's extraordinarily helpful as well. Review us on iTunes. That's one of the best ways that you can increase our visibility. Talk to a friend about us. Tell them to review us, too. And if you do, we will give you a free sticker. Just send us an email with a screenshot showing yourself putting the review in, and we will mail you a sticker. Yeah, just let us know that you did that review. Give us your address, and we will mail you that goddamn sticker. Oh, by the way, no guarantee that we can mail it anywhere outside of the U.S. Yeah. We will try... But no guarantees with that. Best case scenario, we'll find a local sticker vendor around you that we can order through instead of mailing it from here. Because that yeah. doesn't really work out very well. And that goes for anybody that's ever reviewed us. Not just new reviews. Anybody. You can all claim your free Beer with Buffy sticker or an Ale with Angel sticker. Anyway, review us on iTunes. If you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. You can also text that same exact number. As always, big shout out to JJ Treadway for all of our transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Keanu Speed or something. Oh, Mandy. <laughs> oh, Mandy. You came and you saw and you randy. I don't know the words. You don't like the color? You have a sacred birthright. You were chosen to destroy vampires, not to wave pom-poms at people. Why can't you people just leave me alone?
done why are we watching this 